Welcome to the Caregivers Crew, a place for caregivers raising kiddos with special needs and disabilities to come together for wisdom, resources, parent and expert advice, as well as laughs and companionship. I'm your host, F.A. Odelia, and I'm also the founder of Sojourn.com, a new digital health home base designed to help you and me, parents like us, raising kiddos with special needs, disabilities, or chronic health conditions to receive the care, coordination, and community we need. If you have not already done so, please be sure to visit us at Sojourn.com. That's S-O-J-O-R-N-E. In this podcast, I'll teach you how to organize your schedule, find critical resources for your child, protect your mental health, and grow in your role as a caregiver. I also want to make sure that we're filling your cup. So while we won't glamorize the tough journey ahead, we also won't make it tougher. Let's laugh, share the load, and leave encouraged because we all need to stay fueled for what's ahead of us. All right, are you ready? Let's get it. Hello, crew. Welcome to Sojourn. I'm super excited to share this very first episode with you. Here is our launch and hello to the world. My name's Effie Odelia and I am the founder of Sojourn.com. That's S-O-J-O-R-N-E. I have to spell it because people may confuse it for the typical traditional spelling of the word Sojourn. And Sojourn is a community where caregivers raising children and taking care of their loved ones with special needs, disabilities, or chronic health conditions come together to receive support from each other, to find resources, and to use and acquire just physical digital tools to help you manage your loved one's care and really also help you just manage your own self-efficacy and just, you know, feel better about yourself and the journey that we're on. Um, Many of us are on a lifelong journey. You'll get to know me and I'll get to share. You'll hear me share more about my firstborn and her story. But um, I just really want to give you background on who I am, because some of you may be just kind of listening and (laughs) wondering why I'm, I'm doing this, why you're kind of sitting down and listening to this person and So I want to share a little bit about my story and I'll let you know that I'm a a mom, an educator, an entrepreneur, and I also consider myself to be a disability advocate, but I'm also a caregiver advocate. And that's a hat that I've had to learn to wear and be very concrete and intentional about, because I think that when you're just starting out, and at least it was my experience where I was just starting out as a new mom. I was also learning how to be a mom and a a mom of a special a child with special needs and those were hats that could be worn at the same time sometimes they one required more fortitude and just other tools than the other so I wanted to really be clear that I'm here showing up as a mommy and I bring my mommy heart and my mommy advice and all that kind of stuff with me as I'm talking to our caregivers, um, you, parents, grandparents, guardians um, who have stepped into the role, um, whether by choice or not, just because you were called to. And that's a, um, a very uh, special and mighty thing that you're, you're doing. Um, but my, I'm also here for you and I'm here for making sure that you feel rejuvenated, that you feel like you have 
a resource. You feel like you have some know-how, some tools. You don't feel helpless, right? The healthcare system, navigating that can make you feel helpless. Your situation, your predicament, whether or not your child has mild to moderate needs or moderate to severe or profound needs, your situation can put you in a place where you feel isolated or limited, sort of boxed in. And our goal is to help you find ways so that you step out of the corner and you don't feel boxed into that corner anymore. And that's going to be a different path and different struggle for everyone. But if we are talking to each other, if we're in community with each other, it gets better. So more about me. I started to say that I'm a mom and an educator. I graduated from college a long time ago. And the first thing I left to pursue, although I studied journalism and media studies, I actually became a teacher and educator. I moved out to Texas, shout out to all of our Texas community, and became a teacher. And I worked to really um, impart educational equity to children who didn't have the best chance or odds. Um, I'm a firm believer that your zip code shouldn't be a determinant of the quality of education or the quality of life you live based on the kind of education you had. So my career has been almost two decades of really helping to to seek out educational equity through t- the, the K-12 system in the U.S., I've worked um, with education foundations. I've worked in in support of higher ed as well. I've worked with MBA graduates and and placed them in um, in promising opportunities in other countries. And my goal is always how do we make sure that people have um, choice and that people have good choices in life. So um, that's a little bit about me and my educational background, um, my career background, and I used a lot of those experiences to really dive deeper into other passions. Um, I have a passion for STEM education. I have a passion for fitness. I have a passion for just human interest and just making sure that people are are doing well and checking in on people. But I also have the passion for um, caregivers who are living in, um, living a life that you didn't necessarily choose but one that, hey, you're here and we're going to embrace it and rock it out and do the best with what we were given. And that requires a perspective that you have to come to, you have to adopt, and you have to make true for you. And so I've grown over the years into that. Um, I went from feeling sorry for myself and wondering why I was dealt this hand um, to saying, all right, you know, God, this is where I am and this is where my family is. And we're just going to, we're going to have to rise and thrive. And my daughter isn't going, going to um, have a mom who (laughs) is uh, sort of living out a sob story, a sad story. My story isn't a sad one. And I've, I've also, we'll talk about this later in another episode. I've also been intentional about now not allowing people to cast me in in like the the sad blue lights on stage and um with the you know violins playing in the background no that is not my story um i have bad days we have bad seasons we have bad years all all in some but we 
get through it. Um, Thankfully, we get through it. And that's not the sum of our story. And I would encourage you to um, do whatever you're going through to make sure that you adopt a mentality and seek to adopt that mentality. And that might just be, I don't know how you go about doing that exactly. I could tell you for me, it's been about being around the right people, being in encouraging environments, being around people who have that mentality, who are stronger, um, who you aspire to be like and um, who you look forward to talking to, people who speak life and energy into you, people who encourage you and make you feel like that load that you brought to the conversation is lighter by the time you leave that conversation. That's how I had a chance to strengthen my resolve, change my mentality, and really draw from the strength of others and not be cast in in the role, you know, starring, the role starring sad mommy who it was was put into this bad predicament. That's that's not me. I'm not playing that person on stage. So find the right crew of folks who help you do that, the right environments that you get that sort of encouragement from and 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 stay there, stay there. I will also share that uh, as part of my educational background, I started a school and my school was a is a um, grade six, 12 STEM school that focuses on getting kids early exposure to careers and opportunities in STEM education and as well as the arts and um, enabling them to acquire college credits while they're still in school and use that as a launch pad to reducing debt when it comes to going to college to exploring careers that may not require college but pay a boatload of money in STEM education, such as coding and programming. And so there definitely were students that we had in the course of our admissions who came in with IEPs and had special needs and could not maybe function and complete the program as designed for, say, the typical learner, which was a joy to me. It's a joyful challenge when you get learners who... Most of my students, I will also um, note that um, our, our school's um, um, based in an urban center, and most of our students come two, three, four grade levels behind. And so our goal is always working um, to learn how we get more done with less. And so be working with, with children who need more support, with people who need more support, has been part of my my background for many years. I'm always, I like to think of myself as scrappy and we're, we're looking for things. We're going to figure it out. And the answer, my, my answer to things is, um, I don't know, but let's find out (laughs) or we're not there yet, but we'll get there. And so my mantra is about grace. It's about staying the course and even if we are, we can't check off all the boxes and uh, accomplish everything on our task list, we will be further than we were if we stick with it and we stick to it. And so I'm really thankful for the parents at our school who've entrusted me and my team over the years um, because it is trust and it is one of the highest um, honors that other parents can give you is to not choose other resources and not choose other environments for their children and choose to be with you and your team. Um, that is a high honor. And it was nothing that I took. I took that um, so seriously. And I made sure that we did our best with the resources we had um, to serve um, our, our kiddos. Did we 
manage to do everything we hope to do? No. But I think that and I hope nobody from a department of education is listening, but sometimes we have to go off the script and and look for like what works on paper. Yes, we're going to follow the IEP, but if we have the ability and we as we learn our kids to do things that maybe aren't on the IEP, why not? Like it doesn't cost us more necessarily. We have some of those resources, especially if they're human resources who are already in the building. Like why not give our kiddos that much more exposure, those that much more um, at-bats to practice um, and experience success in a safe environment that they can take with them outside of our school walls and translate that into other successes. So I'm thankful that we've had a chance to work with children with IEPs, um, children with behavioral challenges with emotional disorders. We've had a chance to work with um, children with a range of health um, disorders and challenges, 504s, um, things that are might be as common as asthma to anxiety attacks and helping them to deal with testing and um, COVID. When that happened, you know, we are all of our kiddos were still who they were. And we just had to really come up with different programs to meet each of them um, at their point of need. I have had the chance to work with English language learners for many years. And this is not a disability. I think um, one thing that my uncle said to me many years ago um, with regards to my child who does have um, intellectual um, disabilities and um, a couple of health um, disabilities as well was nothing is wrong with her. We have to figure out how to connect with her. And I, I, I say that I've said that to my parents over the years. It's... Um, Let's let's adopt that mentality that nothing is wrong with my child, right? They are not the typical learner. They don't have this typical journey that we see um, and that we were expecting to have. But our task then is to figure out how we connect with them, how we get the most, how we get them to thrive and how we get them to lead the, the best quality life that they can lead. And so if we look at it that way, we don't cast ourselves in in that stage play with the blue lights and the sad song playing in the background and we don't we don't turn our children into victims um we turn them into or objects either we see them for who they are we see all of the humanity in them and we work to carve out channels so that we can access that humanity and make sure that we're, we're pouring into them and we're receiving from them too. Um, I like to, I know that my daughter has changed me as a human being. I don't know who I would have been without her and without the experience that has been being her parent. And so we all, again, are coming from different perspectives with wildly different um, situations and resources and diagnoses and we live in different parts of the country and world even but i encourage you to look at the resources you do have look at what you do have and let's start from there and let's go from there i'm not your your typical you know let's check the blind boxes i'm big on compliance but so you'll hear from me my educator's perspective in some of these um, episodes as well Um, i've had personally had my daughter in public school, private school. We've done homeschool (laughs) due to COVID, like many of us. And we have um, found what 
the best environment is for her at certain seasons. And um, we're, I'm huge on just school choice and parent choice and you just knowing being the best expert on your child. Please make sure that your expertise is is honored and valued when you pull up a seat to the table to determine where your child is, whether it's the public education system or a private school or um, some other way that you're choosing to educate your child. Make sure that your voice is heard and honored and that your perspective is it shows up in, in your child's learning plan. Um, but also dr- bring, make sure you're it, making sure that others are coming and contributing what they know, their their expertise in their space, whether it's behavior or um, occupational or speech therapy or learning and um, how how children with learning differences um, access learning and access content. Make sure you're you're leaving room for that too, because we while we are the experts in our child in our children, we're not the experts in everything, and so let's you know see others as having a perspective and value to, that they're bringing to the table. But this is not an episode about education. I just needed to <laughs> make that pit stop because that is um, an area of my expertise. But we'll talk about that later. Um, overall, my my. Really, my goal is for you to get connected to a community and um, of parents and caregivers like you. Community is key. And I think many of us can agree that some of our saddest, darkest, toughest times when we, was when we were shouldering everything to our, by ourselves, whether it was by choice or not. In my case, I think it was more so by choice, just not having... Um, I wasn't expecting the curveball, right? And I think <clears throat> many of us were in that situation where we just were unaware um, of what it would be like that this was coming. And some some um, families and parents had the chance to do testing or knew that they were carrying a certain gene. It doesn't matter. Even if you had that kind of information, you never know what it's going to be like until you're in it. And so here we are, we're in it. And one thing we need is to be among others who are in it, but in it and encouraging (laughs) and not just in it and wallowing. And hey, if you're in the wallowing stage, I get it. I was there too. I think the the point is not to stay there for, for long. We should experience pain. We should experience um, the sadness, the regret. We should experience those things. And hopefully you're experiencing those things alongside people or with people who can help you get through them. Um, when you get to know more about us um, at Sojourn and um, join us, join our community, you're going to find a number of um, resources. You can do searches for physical resources for um, experts and therapists and whatever um you're kind of looking forward to in in this season of your child's life, but you can also find coaches and experts and therapists for yourself. And I and you, and if you're not there yet, and you're just you feel safer, more comfortable, just talking to other parents, we'll start there. Find a community that serves you. Finding a community where you can be a fly on the wall for a little bit, but then get off the wall, get off, get onto the dance floor and find a community where you can um, participate and talk to other parents who are sharing tips and tricks, who are sharing um, 
video snippets and pictures and just resources and web links. Um, because those are the things that make you feel like, wow, okay, here we are. We're all on this journey. We ha- we're moving forward and we're not staying in this place. And even if your child's behavior or health or diagnosis keeps them in a place, um, and I've had that and I've been there and they're in that place for, for a while and maybe they're in that place indefinitely. You don't have to be in the place as the primary caregiver indefinitely. You can grow. You can receive life, receive encouragement, receive um, new perspectives, receive resources and respite, um, whether it's physically or mentally from being immersed in other communities outside of yourself with of people who get you, care for you, send you love, think about you. Um, so all that to say, coming off the soapbox here, let me step down. Um, all that to say, join us, join us, join us. Um, we're here to start a revolution in the way we think about caregiving. Um, we want to give care, but we also want to get care. And I think it's you know, it's perfectly okay to just acknowledge and we have to really so that we can be well. There are crazy statistics out there about what um, the what happens to caregivers who are doing this for five, six, seven years on, on end without really recharging and pouring into themselves. And 23% of caregivers receive um, experience um, poor health conditions because of poor health outcomes, because of their their role as a caregiver. And, and that's um, from the um, AARP. And so what we want to do is make sure that we start turning statistics like that on their head and making sure that we are, are not just going at caregiving the traditional way and just going, going, going and waking up and this and that and everything revolves around how we take care of our child. But Part of that has to be, has to be, has to be how do we take care of ourselves so that we show up better, healthier, happier. And if it's a stretch to say happier, we, we let's start off by saying more content um, and more whole um, as as primary caregivers. So I will talk to you just a little bit before we wind down about the types of episodes that you'll be hearing. Um, I'm going to make sure you'll hear from me, of course. Um, I'll kick off this first season, but you'll hear from other parents as well. You'll hear other parents' stories. You'll hear some tips and tricks episodes, some guidepost episodes. I like to think of guidepost episodes as those, like how I make decisions. And it's a, listen, it's it's neither here nor there. <laughs> you You just, it's always interesting for me to just look at um, how other people, you know, oh, why did you choose that sh- school for your child? Why did you, you know, choose the summer camp? I love hearing what decision um, makers and guideposts other people have. And so I'll share mine with you and you can take them or leave them or just, you know, just be informed of them. Um, look for things to look for when you're searching for resources for your child. We'll talk through some healthcare plans and decisions. We'll talk through looking for schools. We'll talk through IEP meetings. Um, And if your child is not in a public school setting, and if they're in a private school that is 
offering support and um, offering a form of an IEP, please, 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 I love schools that offer a form of an IEP and make um, room for you to have therapy for your child delivered at the school. We'll talk about that, those kinds of things later. So we'll we'll jump into those. We'll have experts um, who um, will, doctors and therapists who um, will be coming from the disability space, special needs as well, but we'll also have experts who are caregiving coaches and counselors and therapists for you. Because again, we are here 100% for our kids and our loved ones who we're taking care of, but we are also here to make sure that we're doing caregiving differently and not exhausting ourselves and running ourselves dry and ragged, but we're keeping ourselves renewed and making sure that we feel as good as possible um, in despite or whatever season we're going through, we want to access what's the high, what's the higher level of this, right? What's the higher level that I need to tap into? So I'll wrap up by saying, join me, join us, join us in the Sojourn community, Sojourn, S-O-J-O-R-N-E dot com. We can't wait to have you. Um, joining us is free. And we're really just excited about building a community of people who share love, share resources, and we just build a movement where we're redefining where what caregiving looks like. And we're making sure that we are taking care of each other because we're taking care of our kiddos. So thank you so much. I'm looking forward to a wonderful um, season with you um, on the, the podcast, but also just meeting you inside the community. All right. Take care. Thanks, crew. Thank you for tuning in to The Caregiver's Crew. We know that this journey is not one that you can walk alone. So make sure to join our community at Sojourn.com. That's S-O-J-O-R-N-E. We can't wait to have you. All right, crew, stay strong, stay encouraged, and stay connected. And we'll see you in the community.